Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. Today on Who's That Star is someone I have admired for a long time. He has been such a great support for students in the LCC community. He's a first-generation immigrant from Mexico, a former migrant worker, and advocate. He has his MSW and worked his way to earning his doctorate in education. He plays such an important role in the Lansing community. He has worked for the state of Michigan as executive director for Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan, he returned to LCC and is now the Associate Dean for the Center for Student Support. Let's get ready to find out who's that star. Today's star is Felipe Lopez Sustaita. You Did got, I get that yeah, right? You got that right. Gracias. <laughs> I'm glad that we were able to get Felipe today. Felipe, how are you? Lisa, muchas gracias por tenerme aquí. It's a pleasure, Lisa. I mean, I've I've admired, I've seen your work for many, many years now. I think I've known you for 15, 20 years, so I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, it has been a long time. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I have admired you, like I said. I think that you have, you are one of the stars that, I immediately, you know, connected with, we have similar background, and I think that we just have some like-minded in our ideas. So I'm ready for this uh, interview, and I'm ready for the audience to get a chance to know who you are. So today, Felipe, how did you get started at LCC? So... You know, it wasn't a straight line or anything like that. It was never, uh, you know, growing up, it was never like, oh, I'm going to go work at higher ed or where. So I ended up here really blessed to be here. But after I graduated with my MSW, Mm -hmm. I couldn't get a job. So I applied for like 100, 200 jobs and I wasn't getting an opportunity and I couldn't understand why. Um, So I got some part time jobs. I worked at CMH Mm -hmm. as a crisis therapist. And then the opportunity came to come work here in 2008 with the Lucero program. And, you know, it was the best job ever. So that's how I ended up here in Lansing Community College. Obviously, I left for five years and then I'm back now. Mm-hmm. And But, man, just happy to be here. Yeah, I know that you made such an impact with Lucero. And I thought that you started Lucero, but that's not actually true, is it? No, that's correct, Lisa. Like, it's a community that, you know, held the college accountable because the retention, the graduation rates for Latinx students were mm-hmm. not there. So the community's really the the all-star here because they, they're the ones that advocated, they fought. And so in 2003, Lucero was created. 
I was blessed enough to come come in here in 2008 and and you know carry that baton. Okay, so there was a previous director or coordinator prior to you, and then you stayed as the coordinator for how long? So I was the coordinator for eight years. So I and it was an amazing thing that the college did, and I I, I don't know who to give credit to, mm-hmm. but what they did was they included the coordinator with academic advising with which was like the hook to get students to come right and then really create a case management approach yeah you did do that and i know that that center was really used a lot um with a lot of traffic i know i would go up there all the time just to see what was going on get a chance just to to talk with students because i know they felt at home and i know you all won an award lucero won an award could you tell me a little bit about that when you were working there absolutely so so yeah, it, you know, it was a center we provided a wraparound services, but also we would we would invite community right for community events, mm-hmm. and so all that came into the this this award that we got in two thousand, believe it was fifteen or sixteen, that um, Washington D.C. Uh, Educación en Excelencia mm-hmm. um, chose us. You know, from all over the country, we were competing with schools with huge budgets, one, one million, two million. Right. And programs like in New York and California, Florida, Texas, New York, all these other states. And yet we were selected as one of the premier um, programs um, as, as a model to everybody. So it's like, again, this idea that David versus Goliath, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, all we had was a few rocks. And, and and big hopes and big dreams to help students. And we were able to accomplish that. And I think our, our track record showed that. Yes. So students, you know, going to MIT, getting masters, getting all this success, right? So they're really the all-stars. I was just there serving as like the point guard, right? Right. Giving them the resources. And, um, and then we had an amazing team too. We had amazing uh, student staff mm-hmm. that went on to do amazing things. And so... This is not done by one person. It's done by multiple people. The community played a huge role. They supported. They they did everything. It took a village to help these students. And we still have great relationship with these students. And I think that's the amazing part. Yeah, I do. You know, Lucero's known in our community. And it I believe it helped a lot of students. I know a lot of students went into MSW programs or social work programs from your influence. And so I think that's cool. And I think that's going to help a lot of people. I know you said that you left LCC for five years. What did you go do when you left? So, you know, there was an opportunity for me to go to the state. And there was at a time where my, my skills, I guess, were, were necessary. I didn't know at the time, but I was, you know, tapped to be the executive director for the Hispanic Latino Commission. And what that entailed was advising the governor mm-hmm. um, on issues related to to the Latinx community across the state. So part of my duties were traveling all over the state, having listening sessions, being there, advocating, sitting at the table and um, really being a voice. You know, because there's this saying that if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. And so part of it was, you know, having to be there. And and I knew that I didn't have the same experience as all my community, but I was there. 
to advocate and to be a voice, right? Where, when we didn't have one. Oh, I think, and I think that was like it's needed, you know. And I think that for people to get an opportunity to talk with someone and share what is going on with their lives and what's going on in their community and have someone that they can trust to to bring that back. I think that's a good thing. I said, um, you left, but you came back. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you do now that you're back at LCC. So now, you know, before I was serving students directly, mm -hmm. I was having an influence, but I came back as the associate dean for the Center for Student Support. Mm -hmm. We have eight departments there that um, that are geared to help students, you know, to help them, whether getting accommodations, whether it's compliance, student life, fostering stars, veteran services. All these programs are, are very critical to mm -hmm. the lifeline of our students. So the way I see it is that now I'm in a position to... To not, not just do the one-on-one -on -one thing, but to inspire more people, like through working with our staff. And so it's like that 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 mustard seed, right? Mm -hmm. It multiplies in many, many ways when you... Um, and I'm a farmer, right? So I have to use the analogy of planting seeds. Right. When you plant seed by seed, yes, you're going you're gonna to get a crop. But if you're planting like multiple rows then the harvest is going to be amazing. So I, I, I see this as an opportunity of a lifetime that we can have a huge impact. And so I've been here for now a year mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot of great things from our staff. And it's not just me, it's, it's, it's um, this synergy of all of us working together. Yeah, I know I um, thought about, oh, I never want to be in leadership, but I know your analogy is like where you have the opportunity to kind of grow a whole field instead of just like one row. You know what I mean? Like I can plant. It's only one, only so much I can do as one person. But if I can impact a staff or a program or several programs with a good sound, found, sound foundation and a good philosophy, you help more people. And so I was like, man, maybe I need to, you know, relook and rethink about leadership roles and what they mean and what they can do. So I thank you for that. Um, but tell me why you like working at LCC. What is it that keeps you coming to work and so passionate about it? Yeah. So, you know, like I told you earlier, LCC gave me my first opportunity. I'll never forget that. Right. So uh, I graduated from MSU, from Ferris. I'm an alumni, but I choose to 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 donate my time, my money here to mm -hmm. this college. Like many other students, I think that there is something here that I can't explain in words, but it's something that is so powerful. The way we could change lives, right? Like somebody that's homeless, somebody that came out of prison. I've seen it because I've worked with these students that they can turn their life around. And so I think... That spirit is un you can't duplicate it. It you can't fake it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I love working here and the staff, the people, the students. It's something that it's one of a kind. You know, I was doing a little research and I saw that you had earned your bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And now it seems like, you know, your trajectory went to education. Why did you choose education? Yeah, so I went from criminal justice because I didn't know what I was doing, mm -hmm. right? So my sister, um, she was the one that was majoring in criminal justice. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what, what why I chose that. But um, I've never really had a plan. Mm -hmm. It's just the way 
you know, I, I, I let our creator kind of lead me through this. And so that's why I'm here. I, I can't really tell you why or how I ended up here, but I just, I just follow, you know, what the, what the most high gives me. And, and it's rewarding, you know what I mean? And I, I, I understand education. Um, it's, it's a pathway to something different. And to me, criminal justice, and, and there's no shade on that field or anything, it's just that sometimes after some events have happened, you may in, meet with people that you may have been able to benefit if you were to been able to be in an educational setting to help them. So I think that's cool that you made that choice and decided to come in education and you've benefit a lot of students because I've actually seen it. So I wanted to know, what's your first job? What was your first job? So my first job ever was working in the fields, right? It was, you know, picking oranges, strawberries, everything that was backbreaking mm -hmm. and, um, there's people still doing it, right? And I think what what broke my heart when the pandemic hit is that my people were still out there. They didn't get any time off. They mm -hmm. didn't get any sick leave. They were they were out there so that me, you, our families could have, you know, that salad or that strawberry. And so, even even though, um, you know, I've been removed away from that for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that 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 was my first job, and I did it until I went to college, right, with my entire family, and so, yeah, I work from sun in, sun out to sun in, um, you know, in twelve, sixteen, eighteen hour shifts. I I did it all, mm. uh, you know. When I turned eleven, that's when when I started working with grown men, wow, grown women, and um, grew up really really quick. So. How did that experience guide you as the person you are now? Like, what things did you learn from that, like, experience? Because you were doing adult tasks as a child, you know, but you had to. You you know, what what did that care? How did that build your character, I guess, is the question. Yeah, I mean, that shaped me in, in a lot of ways. I think that any student that comes regardless of whatever barriers that they have because i couldn't read and write lisa mm. i learned how to read and write when i came to michigan state so i wasn't a genius or n nothing like that so my education suffered right i i just couldn't do it um, because you moved a, a lot as mm -hmm. a migrant worker so what it did for here in this institution is that i believe that any person can come Instead of seeing all the barriers, all the lacks of things that they're missing, I look at noble price winners, right? That mm. it, they could be coming through our door right. and we are shutting the door if we don't help them. So that's the way I think it's shaped me in a way of uh, just believing in people. And it doesn't matter what you look like, what your religion is, that you have a chance. At least if you meet me, I don't care how bad you have it, that I want to instill in you that it is doable. And that right there, hope is everything, right? Yeah. Being able to see that there's a possibility, I can do it, and with support. And I think that's really one of the good things that LC does is LCC does is provide support for students. And I know for me as a staff person, it helped me. Like I was in the same boat you were. I needed a job, and I was desperate. I was a single parent, and LCC gave me that chance too. So. I'm really 
pro community college, and I think that we do make a difference. Ma, I have another question. Who do you admire most? So the the person that I admire the most is no longer here in 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 physical presence. It was my my father. Mm-hmm. Um, he left this earth really young. Um, I was just seventeen. And he was probably 62, 63 years old. He was a young, young person, but had taken a beating so long, had worked in the fields, mm. pesticides, everything. So he he suffered a lot. He lost his dad at 17, right? So it, it's been a chain that I am trying to break with my kids, mm-hmm. that I want to live past, way past uh, my youngest is 17. So that's what I'm chasing, right? I'm not chasing nothing else. But to break that, 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 um, I want to live long. Yeah. And, um, so, but he, he was my hero. And as I grew older, you know, I was initially, obviously, you know, very upset of why he left so early. And, um, I questioned, you know, my creator. I said, how, how, how did you take him? But I, you know, I asked him, you, now you have to father me. And so the, the most high has provided the people that have mentored me, that have guided me. And um, and so I've been very blessed. And as a matter of fact, we know somebody that um, that me and you know from, from Ferris State, right? So right. we were connected even before we even knew we were connected. Exactly, right? yeah. So, really, that is and, true. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if, if um, he'll ever hear this, but, you know, Dr. Matt Cheney from Flint, Michigan, right? He was just... Uh, such a blessing to me because when I was going through my doctoral program, he was there with me. Mm-hmm. He shared his wisdom, his guidance. And there's a lot of other people. Uh, Rudy Hernandez, who's a professor here at LCC, mm-hmm. um, who was the one that took me out of the fields and, and brought me to Michigan State. And he's the one that that when they were making decisions, he had a decision to make. Am I going to advocate or am I going to I seen this kid work so hard in the fields, so let me make a case for him. And he that was the best decision he ever made because I'm still connected, I'm still with him. And again, you know, I've been so so blessed. Yeah. I mean, that that's an amazing story, right? And it just shows you how finding the right people at the right time can just change the trajectory of your life. And and I think that's so cool. And yeah, it's, uh, it's so funny because I knew Matt when I was at Ferris and so we're Facebook friends and he's, I found out something about you, Felipe, that I thought I should have knew before uh, somebody else. And I found out that you wrote a book. Yes. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so I've been writing uh, writing this book off and on for ten, fifteen years, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason it took so long, Lisa, is because it's so painful to revisit some of those experiences, those traumatic, you know. Because as men of color, mm-hmm. it's so hard for us to express, and so I use that writing as healing. It was a healing process for me of of letting go. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote the book. It's such a huge accomplishment, but I really wrote it for my grandkids because I have nothing from my grandpa. I, I know the oral stories of my father, mm-hmm. but I want to know, I want them to know where they come from, that we come from humility, from people 
that our ancestors are kings and queens. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the, the reason. Um, but, but, but yes, I mean, if you read the book, you'll be able to see where, why I am the way I am, why I speak so clear on behalf of people that don't have a voice. And what's the name of the book? You, ca- you Can't Run From Your Destiny, Lessons from a Migrant Worker. Oh, I think that's so cool. I'm so proud of you. I just got this big smile on my face because I know, like, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. And in the trauma yeah. and to to relive that, but to show, because that's the best lesson, right? Your family, your grandchildren, seeing where they started from and where they are and where you, you know, where you became and they have no excuse. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I love that. Um, Well, tell me a little bit about your wife and family. So I have four boys. Um, Three of them are black belts in Taekwondo. Oh, okay. They're multi-sport. You know, they, they, they like all kinds of sports. How old are they? So I have a 12, a 10, a 9, and a 7-year-old. So wow. just blessed to be able to raise four kings, right, and, mm-hmm. and with good spirits and good manners. And I have a beautiful, wonderful wife, Danielle, yes. who um, just received her Ph.D. in December. All and- right. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, Danielle, that's what's up. Congratulations. So, so yeah, she um phenomenal woman. Phenomenal mother, phenomenal. She's the queen of the house. Right. And so I am so blessed to be able to parent with her and to, you know, to have two of us with doctorate degrees in one household is very, very rare. It is. And, you know, often I talk about, you know, my parents' um, ceiling was my floor. Mm -hmm. And so our ceiling is going to be their floor. And so me and her are hoping to have that ceiling so high that their floor is going to be untouchable, right? Yeah, and that's great. And I, and I believe that they will do it for sure. Well, Felipe, I have one more question before we go. What career advice would you give to your younger self? That's a good question, Lisa, because I don't think I would change anything. I did not know anything mm-hmm. coming into it, and I still operate with this mentality that even if I fail, uh, what's the worst that can happen? I can go back to the fields. I got nothing to lose. Right. Right. And I still have that attitude. Like, let me fail. Like, I'll get up. Right. And that's the, the lesson that I want to teach my kids. And I want to teach anybody that's around me that it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, th- that's how you learn. Right. There's every setback is is set there so that you can have a comeback. That's right. And so the comeback is way sweeter than the setback. Hey. I think we're going to leave on that note right there. Um, Felipe, thank you for taking time today to come on Who's That Star. I look forward to reading your book. I am going to get your book. Can you get it on Amazon? You can get it at Amazon um, soon in Barnes and Nobles. Okay. So, All right. Well, once again, thank you, Felipe, for coming today. And next week, find out. Who's That Star? You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. 
Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out who's that star. Who's that star?